Welcome back, my friends, to the D-Rate the Hate podcast. I am your host, Wilk of Wilksworld.com, and I am so incredibly grateful that you are taking the time to join me for another powerful DTH episode. Friends, at the D-Rate the Hate podcast, it's all about bettering the world one attitude at a time. See, we did not create the hate, but with your help, we can derate the hate. That all starts with gratitude and personal accountability. We cannot control everything that happens to us in life, but we can control how we react to it. How we act, how we react, no matter what happens to us, how we react to it makes the difference. Friends, there is only one good thing about a bad attitude, and that is that we have the ability as individuals to change it. Here on the DTH Podcast, we strive to bring you great guests and provide tools to do just that. Please be sure to share it with your friends. Subscribe if you haven't done so. Ratings and feedback are always greatly appreciated. And with that, let's get to this week's episode. Friends, here on the D-Rate the Hate podcast, for me, it's not just about having conversations, but it's about making friends. And my friend this week, Paul White, call sign Roscoe, is a retired 21-year Air Force veteran with over 1,500 hours as a tactical flight instructor in the F-15E, the F-16, and the F-35. He still teaches and mentors young fighter pilots as a civilian contractor, fighter pilot instructor. Paul has also won multiple sports championships as a player and as a coach. Over the years, he has studied and developed strategies to motivate people to be better versions of themselves via a fusion of hard work, positive attitudes, and solid character traits. Roscoe believes that anyone can be a champion in life with the right direction and work ethic. Listen in for this incredible conversation where Roscoe and I discuss his one of five project, the books he's written, life in general, mindset, and so much more. Here we go. Paul White, call sign Roscoe. Thank you for joining me on the D-Rate the Hate podcast, my friend. So glad you joined me here on the D-Rate the Hate podcast. I've been looking over this one of five project that you've got going, and uh, you've got a lot of exciting stuff, man. So I'm looking forward to this conversation. Welcome to the D-Rate the Hate podcast. Well, hey, first of all, dude, thanks for your time. Thanks for having me on the podcast. I really appreciate the opportunity, and, and I'm really looking forward to just kind of winging it and going into some really cool stuff. I enjoy the roller coaster of a, just a conversation. You don't really know where the beginning and the end are, and, and you just kind of end up in some cool spots. So thanks for your time. Thanks for having me. Roscoe, take me back to, uh, well, where, you know, take me back. Where are you from, and, and how did that military experience uh you know, start to shape you and, and, and basically take you to where you are today. I grew up in Alabama down South and, and went to basic training and you don't realize really until you get into something like that, how sheltered your life really is sometimes. Mm -hmm. And, and Mm -hmm. I pity these people who have grown up and lived their entire lives right there in their same hometown, you know, did the same job that their daddy did and took over the grandma's house and that kind of stuff. And and I'm not saying there's not value in that for sure. There's value in that, especially if your livelihood revolves around it. Like some of these farmers, I grew up on a cotton farm. So I know I kind of understand the value in keeping it in the family and all that. That said, when I went to basic training in 1997, that was the first time that I ever heard anybody say they didn't believe in God. And we were trying to get this guy to go to church with us, you know, because church and basic training was, that was a couple hours out of your week that nobody's yelling at you. They got cake and orange juice. You know, you get to go out and kind of hang out and, and let your hair down a little bit. 
Every kept, everybody religious or not was going to ma- or going exactly. To chapel, right? Yeah, you want you march because- down there two by two. You can kind of have some conversations. It's kind of just some chill time, you know. And yep. so we kept trying to get this guy to go with us uh, for a couple of weeks, and and finally he just he straight up said, uh, "Dude, I don't believe in God." And I kind of ducked, like I thought that we were going all going to get struck by lightning. Struck by lightning, right? And that was you know that was really, and I was twenty years old, brother. And so that was kind of the beginning of my enlightenment into the world, I guess you could say, of just meeting all different kinds of people and going to all different kinds of places. And unlike you, where you tried to get as far away from your hometown as possible, I stuck kind of close. So I grew up in Alabama and my first duty station was in Panama City, Florida. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'd met my I'd met my wife shortly after I was in the military. We got married uh, about three years later. And as soon as we got married, we got we got an assignment to Elmendorf, Alaska in Anchorage. So Ooh. we went from Florida to Anchorage. Redneck Riviera, <laughs> so, nothing woo. but tundra. <laughs> Dude, I, I, I tell you what, man, it was like we were driving up there. We took seven days to drive up there. And we, we ended up starting our journey kind of from San Antonio is where her uh, a lot of her family was from. We went and visited her grandparents, jumped in the truck and took off towards Anchorage. Right. And we planned seven days to get up there. And we got to Wyoming. This is in like early November 2000. And we got to uh, Casper, Wyoming and hit snow for the first time. And that's when we realized that we didn't have any jackets or gloves or beanies or anything. Like, hey, Dummy, you're moving to Alaska. You should have bought this stuff at the Walmart. You know, so no kidding. We had to pull off the interstate into a Walmart somewhere in Casper, uh, Casper, Wyoming and go buy some jackets and stuff. You're like, honey, I'm in the Air Force, not the Boy Scouts. I forgot to be prepared. I mean, I was stationed in Florida. They didn't even give me didn't even give me a Gore-Tex jacket down there. I had like a rain suit or something. So, yeah, it was that was a little bit of comedy mix. And that kind of started the that kind of started my wife and I on this forever long joke. We've been together for 26 years now and. And uh, we we always say we're the Griswolds, man. If something bad is can happen, it's probably going to happen to us. And well, you know what? It, it makes you stronger, right? Because those those are life lessons that I, I talk a lot about life lessons. I talk a lot about mistakes because I've made more than my share. And one of the things that I talk about, whether it be on the podcast or coaching or or just standard life events, whatever you whatever you're talking about, is being able to, well, one of the guests that I just had on the podcast, Roscoe, is, you know, we talked about how our mothers used to say, one of these days we'll be able to laugh at this, right? Yeah. And and that's one of those things where, okay, yeah, was it stupid at the time? Probably. Can we admit that it was stupid? Surely. Can we laugh about it now? Absolutely. But you learn something. Yeah. And, and, and I think that, I think you're getting somewhere with that, man, where, you know, it's kind of a mindset uh, when you when you get right down to it, where my wife and I've kind of made this our own personal joke. But at the same time, on a serious note, we've learned to expect folly. We've learned to expect the unexpected to an extent. So when I jump in my uh, class A RV here, I don't know, about a year ago, I literally cranked it up and I was going to drive it to the place where we were trading it in to get our fifth wheel. Mm-hmm. We got a quarter mile down the road and the entire RV shut off, just died on the middle of the road. No power, no nothing. Oh, nothing. And 
no kidding, man. I just I put it in neutral, kind of coasted off to the side into the little dirt shoulder on the country road that we live on. And I jumped out and my wife and I stood there on the side of the road, just laughing our butts off because, yeah, of course, of course, the RV is going to break down on the way to trade it in and get rid of it. Turns right. out the battery cable was just loose and it's no big deal. But, <laughs> you know, it's just it's those little things where you learn to just kind of laugh at yourself and just kind of go with it because you can get you can get bent out of shape about something. Or you can find the humor in it and solve the problem and move on. And in the end, which one of those is going to serve you better? You know, right? Yeah, exactly. I think, yeah, I think if you can just learn to laugh at yourself a little bit, you're going to be way better off in the long run. Sure. Yeah. Take account for for what the situation is. Figure out what you can't control, what you can control, and yeah. uh, and then make the best of it based on what you can control. That's it's so important. So. So transitioning that Roscoe into now, now you've got your, uh, you've got your one of five. Yes. You know, your, your one of five project, which is, which is incredible. And, uh, I've talked about it. I've actually done a podcast talking about how I've heard of this concept in, in, in several different avenues. Right. So I've heard about it when it comes to finance. So, if you you're you're the average of the five people you hang around with yeah uh, uh, you know the most and, yeah. and if you hang around with five people that are making twenty five thousand dollars a year and, and living in poverty chances are you're going to end up in poverty i yeah, mean exactly. it's just the, the law of averages right yeah i've talked about it i talk about it in terms of mindset and mood right, right. because one of the things that i talk about the most is mindset mood you know accountability if you if you're hanging around with a bunch of people who are are, are miserable all the time they're complaining all the time yeah spread their negative doing, energy yep. they're, they're they're sucking the energy out of everybody around them yeah it will be impossible there's exceptions to every rule but it will be nearly impossible for you to stay in a good mood it's just it's just the way that it works yeah. So talk to me about your one of five project, Roscoe, yeah. because so it's, it's awesome. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take what you just said and we're gonna flip the script just a little bit. All right. So you said a lot of you're looking at it more from a first person point of view, right? And and that's usually when you tell somebody, when you say that to somebody, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. When you say that to someone, they immediately think of the five people that they hang out with the most and how they're affecting their lives. Right? It's just natural. Because mm-hmm. as I think as a species, we're just self-centered. Well, yep. the one of five project, I want to flip that. And rather than look at it from who's influencing me, I want to look at it from the perspective of being one of the five people that's doing the influencing, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. So now I'm one of those five people, right? Who am I influencing? Who am I part of their little circle? So if I can just focus on me and improve my standard, my personal standard. You said before, control what you can control, right? Well, I can't control what you do, but I can control what I do and I can control Mm -hmm. my actions and I can control my moods and my emotions and all that kind of stuff. So if I focus on me and just make me the best version that I can, well, that raises that person's average and it raises their average and it raises their average. Does that make sense? So speaking my language, brother, I mean, I talk about it all the time. I mean, I think, I think we're saying the same thing probably in, in just different ways, because that's what I talk. I mean, that's the, the, the D rate to hate podcast, bettering the world one attitude at a time. Yeah. I talk about how, if we focus on 
our lives, if we focus on our attitude, if we focus on what we can control, bettering the attitude, uh, bettering the world one attitude at a time. If we control our attitude, if we try to stay positive, smiles and bad moods are contagious. If we focus on what we can control yeah. and be the best person that we can be, it naturally makes the world a better place. So we're and, and speaking say, the language, same language. Yeah, and, and I say the same thing about it being contagious. So let me tell you a little story. When I retired, I retired from the Air Force about five years ago. And the Air Force had been my why for all those years. It had been the reason I got up early in the morning. It, it was the reason I ate the way I did and exercised and and read the things that I did, that and my kids. Okay. So within about a year span, I retired from the Air Force. And then my kids started growing up. They got their driver's license and they don't require me to take them places anymore and, and be that involved in their life at that level. Right. Mm -hmm. So I spent about two years, maybe two and a half years after I retired, sitting back here in my room, eating cheeses and watching Netflix. And my mind, body, soul balance got way out of whack, right? Oh my God. Yeah. Well, it started with it started with downloading a single book on Audible. I was watching a podcast or, or a, a show on YouTube, something like seven books every man should read or something. And so I downloaded this book and started listening to it. And within 10 minutes, I had a notebook out taking notes of little rabbit holes I wanted to go down and little research things that I want to learn more about, right? It genuinely got my curiosity up. Well, I, I wanted to find more time to listen to the book. I was trying to generate more time in a day in the given 24 hours. And I started looking for little gaps. And I decided, well, I mean, I can go for walks around my neighborhood. If I go for a walk, that's like 45 minutes of me time where I can just listen to my book, right? Mm -hmm. Well, after a few weeks of that, my knees stopped hurting. My back stopped hurting. I started feeling good again. My energy levels came up. So now I'm starting to get my mind and my body and my soul back in balance. And that just, it just snowballed into something that just kept going. It's like rolling a pebble down a hill, right? It mm -hmm. just kept going and kept going and kept going. Well, about two years go by. Last summer, I come out and I, I think I was going in the kitchen to grab a drink of water or something like that. And my wife, she stopped me right in the middle of the living room. She goes, hey, stop. And I stopped and she goes, look, I don't know what you're doing back there, but I got to get some of that. Like she could see it on me. Now it took two and a half years for her to notice it and for her to have the humility and, and the want to, the desire to say, I, I need to get on whatever train you're on here. But that's where I talk about the influence, right? Mm -hmm. I don't walk around boasting and bragging and I don't tell everybody, oh, look at me, look at all the books that I've read and all the exercise that I do. I don't do any of that. I just let them see it, right? Mm -hmm. Because eventually they get the curious for themselves. Exactly. Because I walk around in a good mood and I'm happy and I choose to be happy. And I generally have a smile on my face and I will sit and listen intently to someone. And I walk around with my chest up or chest out and my chin up, you know, things like that. And that's the, th the stuff that my wife ended up noticing. And she goes, whoa, ho, I don't, I don't know what you're doing back there, but let me, let me find out. And it, after a few months, she got on her own journey and she's not where I'm at. But she's she's making little small improvements with her day to day. And Good. what did that do? It inspired one of her friends to start going to the gym with her and start. And now they've started these little reading things and these little monthly cleansing things and these little 30 day sober challenges here and there amongst our little circle of friends. So, yeah, it's absolutely contagious, man. And all it takes is absolutely one person, contagious. one spark to light a big ass wildfire. That's all it takes.
Well, and I don't I I think a lot of people discount that, Roscoe. They did they don't realize it. They're like, I'm just one person. It doesn't matter, you know. I can be in a bad mood today, or I can just walk around with a scowl on my face, or I can do this. They don't realize the power of a smile. They don't realize yeah. the power of laughter or or just just outright positivity. They don't realize that. But I want you to think about something. I want the listeners to think about it. They, well, the listeners have think, thought about it because they, they hear me say it all the time. But think about when you're walking into uh, walking into a restaurant. I, I just just walking into a restaurant. I don't care. You know, take it. I don't want to rip on any like fast food chains, but one of the best ones on the planet, in my opinion, is Chick-fil-A. Right. Think about what they say to you. I don't care. Yeah, they greet you as soon as you in the drive through. Yep. Or or when you walk in and, and somebody greets you when you come in. It's yep. like, it, it'll be my pleasure to serve you today. Big smile on the face. Compare that to almost any other fast food joint that's not Ooh, Chick-fil-A. It's, it's almost as if they're happy to be here. Hmm. Right? Right? Yeah. That, isn't so, that weird? <laughs> so think about that experience alone. Yeah. You know, and... and or or think about that that coworker. You know, everybody's got that one coworker that's always in a bad mood, always in a bad mood. Yeah. And, and you walk up to them and you say anything to them, and they're just like, Ugh. and you're like, <laughs> you know, it, it's yeah. it's one of those things that that the power of positivity, the power of a smile. The the just and the results, like mm-hmm. like we said a minute ago, the results really tell their own story. Yeah, and you know, if you want to go just one more layer deep, so let's pretend like you're the person that you said the power of the smile, right? If you're the type of person that walks around just you're always happy. I mean, I'm generally usually in a good mood. Everybody has their bad days, right? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I mean, I come home grumpy from work sometimes, you know, sometimes you just, doesn't. You, you get kicked in the butt all day long from the time you wake up, your alarm clock didn't work or, and your, your shirt wasn't pressed or, or whatever it is, you know, well, let's pretend like you're the happy guy and, and you just walk around with this smile on your face and you're generally this happy go lucky kind of dude. Right. And then one day you walk into work and you've got that scowl on your face and people know right like it's instant like they can tell something's something's up with this guy something's going wrong we need to we, we need to engage with him and we find want out our happy what guy that back. is so so and and kind of the story that i tell that kind of go along with that is i used to coach football right mm-hmm. and i coached football with this guy that his only tone was yelling that was his only tone mm-hmm. he was he was on the sidelines he would be constantly constantly yelling at the kids and i kept telling him i was like dude Converse with the kids, teach the kids, coach the kids, because one day you're really going to need to get their attention and you're going to want to yell at them. And all they're going to hear is the same tone. They're going right? to hear the same thing so, they hear every other time. Yeah. So when I'm coaching the kids, I coach them in this. Now I'll coach loudly. I mean, I have that that booming voice that I can get from my diaphragm sometimes to get loud and coach 25 people without having to say the same thing 25 times. Right. Mm -hmm. But when I really need to get their attention, they know because it changes, I change my tone. I change the way I deliver the same message. So if you're that guy that walks around happy with a smile on his face, and then one day you don't have that smile on your face, people notice that too. Right. So that's, it's kind of, you know, take that same mindset and that same thing that we're talking about and go one more level of, 
it's contagious and people notice. They notice what's going right and they'll notice what's going wrong. No doubt, man. Yeah. No, that's that's a that's that's an excellent point. I mean, it, it it's it, it's really how you carry yourself, how you other. I mean, it, we talk a lot on this this podcast, Roscoe, about about perception and, and and being you know being effective, being accountable, being accountable for ourselves, and, and trying to kind kind of trying to portray that that positive message and put out there that you know that message that. We can effectively change everything around us if we do the right thing, right? I mean, we, we generally can. Like I said, it, it may not be big. There's always going to be things we can't control. But if we do ourselves yeah. right, the world around us will start to change. Yeah, and, and you know, one of the best metaphors that I heard about your your circle of control versus your circle of or your circle of influence Mm-hmm. And um, I was listening to a podcast one time and I forget exactly who it was, but they were talking, they used the analogy of a dartboard. If you look at a dartboard, the whole dartboard is outside stuff that you just really can't control. The only part of the dartboard that you have any control over is the bullseye right in the middle. All right. Just to give you a comparison of how much just chaff and noise there is in our lives every single day. And that bullseye is the only part that you might have any control over. And guess what? It's the part you want to hit anyway. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that, that metaphor just, just, or that analogy just really resonated with me because I mean, I'm kind of a simple guy and I like simple things, right? Sure. If I can keep my circle small and focus on as little as I have to, and just focus on making small improvements every single day, then all of the other stuff just really doesn't matter. Now, how I react to that stuff is those are things that I can control. I can't control the price of gas, but I can control how I react to the price of gas. You right. Know? Yeah. yeah so. if, you're, if you're on your way to work today and and you know you got to stop and get gas, if you focus all day long on the fact that gas is approaching $4 a gallon now, as opposed to a couple dollars a gallon a couple years ago, you can allow that. Yeah to piss you off all day long, right? Exactly. You you can allow that to to tear you down. Or you can put the gas in the tank, you can go to work, and you can walk in again with that smile on your face and forget about the fact that you just paid four dollars a gallon for gas or whatever yeah. it is. Right. Yeah. Those wouldn't... things that are outside of your control, if you give them the power, this is such an important point. If you give the things that are outside of your control the power to control your mood, you're just admitting defeat. Yeah. And you cannot win after you've admitted defeat. Yeah. So I was reading this. Uh, I, I got this really cool book the other day. I think it, I think it's something like, uh, I'm going to misquote the title, um, 101 essays that'll change the way you think or, or something like that. And one of the first essays in the book, it's very, very early on in the book, but it's talking about emotional intelligence, right? And mm-hmm. one of the things that emotionally intelligent people do or don't do is they, they don't cast blame on their emotions because guess what? I can control my emotions to a degree, right? right? So rather than say, you made me mad, it's more apt to say, or more correct to say, I allowed what you did to affect me to where I got angry. I've got an episode called, you made yeah. me mad because yeah. I, I, you know, one of the things my dad used to say, my dad's been passed on for a number of years now and, and, and he had his faults, but he had some incredibly wise things to say 
as I was growing up. And and as I was growing up, I was one of those guys that always allowed my emotions to dictate my actions. I, uh, I, I was I was very bad at that. And I almost all the time was in a bad mood. And uh, and, and he used to tell me, you know, you can control or you cannot control how you feel, but you can control how you act. And, and and it took me a long time to realize what he was saying when he was saying that, you know. And, and the reality, Roscoe, is it does not matter how you feel. It really matters what you do. Now, yeah, that's true. It, you know, we want to be cognizant of people's feelings. We want to be cognizant of our own feelings. We have to embrace our own feelings, but then we also have to be the responsible one, be accountable to ourselves and say, this is how I feel. What can I change and how can I make it better? Yeah. And, you know, you, you're getting some there. You've said a few times now you, you've mentioned the word accountability. And one of the things that I teach right at the top of the one of five project is being accountable for yourself and all of your actions. And really, I mean, it's, it's harder than you think. It um, is. The, the uh, Jocko Willings book, Extreme Ownership, is mm-hmm. a really good read. If your listeners want to want a really good kind of crash course, I can sum the whole book up in one line. Everything's your fault. That's it. Right. So Jocko Willing's <laughs> got a he's got a he's got a phenomenal way of just getting to the point. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's it. You know, the one liner for the book really is everything's your fault. If yep. you peel the onion back far enough, you'll find that at the center of it, it's something that you did or allowed something to happen. Right. So and that accountability man, realize this is, that. Yeah. Yeah. And but it's a I think it's just a learned skill along the way. At some point, you learn to point the finger back at yourself. And, and I, dude, I love telling stories. Tell me to shut up anytime, right? I'm here, brother. Listen, I'm listening. Uh, two or three years ago, Father's Day, right? I got three boys. Father's Day, two or three years ago. None of my kids called, texted, or said, Happy Father's Day. All right? Now, I usually don't get bent out of shape about stuff like that. I mean, I was a military guy, and I can't tell you how many birthdays and Christmases and Father's Days I missed along the years. So we learned just kind of as a family to just kind of cherish every day and not really put these little taglines on the quote-unquote special days. So this one, for whatever reason, this one kind of stung a little bit. Uh, And I don't know why, but at this particular time in my life, and and for whatever reason, this one kind of kind of stung. And I sat there all day, just kind of mulling it over. And I had just finished reading Extreme Ownership. So I went back in and I started peeling back the onion. And I realized at the core of it, I was to blame because here's why. I'm supposed to be the head of the family. I'm supposed to be the protector and the presider of my family, right? Mm -hmm. I had let my family and my kids and, and even my wife to an extent I had let us start to diverge just a little bit. Kids were going their own separate ways. We didn't do mandatory family time in the living room anymore. I wasn't enforcing things like, hey, once a week, we're going to come in here and watch a show while we eat pizza. Or you know, once every couple of weeks, we're going to go out to a restaurant and just have a dinner. It doesn't even have to be an expensive dinner, man. We can go to Five Guys and get a burger. I don't care. right? Sure. Or we're going to take 30 minutes and sit down on a Sunday afternoon and watch some football. You know, I had I'd kind of let the family go a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I took ownership of it. And as soon as I had that clarity, called a family meeting immediately. 
called everybody into the kitchen. We sat down and I talked about it and I didn't admonish them, but I brought up the idea or I brought up the fact, hey, you guys did none of you guys said happy Father's Day to me today. Now, normally I don't get bent out of shape about it, like I said, but I did a lot of reflection and I'm going to point the finger back at myself. So what did I do? I set up our schedule again and I started bringing the family together. So now once every couple of weeks, we have a big family dinner in the living room. We'll watch a show. Maybe it's 30 minutes, maybe it's an hour, but we're at least in the same room and we're at least hanging out with each other. We got back to that communication. We got back to that, that kind of family dynamic that we had had for 20 plus years. And I really think that I think that events happen in your life for a reason. And sometimes Mm -hmm. it takes us a really long time to figure those reasons out. Lucky for me, I figured that one out by the end of the day and was able to kind of, yeah, I was, I was kind of able to recage everything and get it back into the circle. And now for what, two or three years, I think we're, I think we're back on track. So. Yeah. Sometimes those lessons, sometimes those lessons, Roscoe, they're, they're just out there glaring like a, like a big bright light. Yeah. Sometimes they're a little bit more hidden. And like you said, you got to peel back the onion. You got to figure out, you know, where did this start? Where did this go wrong? How how did mm-hmm. this go sideways? What what? But then a lot of that, a lot of that is always going to be. Look back at yourself. Look back at yourself. You know, I talk a lot about the mistakes that I've made over the course of my life, and and, and the fact that it, it wasn't until I started realizing and and admitting that most of the bad that I could pinpoint in my life. A lot of it, the common denominator was always me, obviously. Yeah, of course. You know, but but really just looking back at it and holding myself accountable for, had I done this different, things may have gone different. Had I done that differently, things could have done, you know, gone differently. Yeah. The important lesson there, and then I want you to tell me more about what people can find if they come in and research, you know, the one of five project. But the important lesson there is, Figure out what went wrong. Figure out what you could have changed. Take the lesson, absorb it, and then move on. Yeah. Far too many people forget that last part. They just continue to beat themselves up. You know, once they figure out, okay, I did something wrong. I can admit that I did something wrong. I kind of got my lesson figured out. They got to take that last step, right? They got to get beyond. Because yeah. because a lot of times people, it's just natural to human nature. They beat themselves up for what they did wrong. You've got to take account for what you did wrong, learn the lesson, move on. Yeah. And so, yeah, so you're getting real close to, to kind of, this is the direction I want to go with the project. And, and I'll be honest with you, the project isn't really, I don't know if it's designed to be an actionable program more than just a feel good kind of movement type thing. Mm-hmm. But under the one of five project, hopefully by the end of next week, if, if your listeners want to go and check it out, it's www.oneof5project.com. Um, and that's the number one and the number five project.com. But under the one of five project tab on my homepage, there's going to be a program called work hard. Don't suck. Right. And that's the title of my new book that's going to be coming out here in a couple of months, as well as the program that I'm setting up under the one of five project. I I just loved those four words. They're punchy. They're impactful. They say a lot. Just four words. And it's kind of the secret to life when you get right down to it. Just work hard and suck less than you did yesterday and you'll be okay. Right. Well, 
one of the things that you're going to find in this program is going to be kind of a self-inspection checklist. All right. And and I've put it together in a way that one of the first things that I want you to do, and we don't have to get X-rated here or anything, but I want you to take off all your clothes and stand in front of the mirror and stare at yourself for 60 seconds. Don't say a word. Don't have your earbuds on. Don't don't do anything, but just stare at yourself. And I bet you, I bet you any of us, we look at ourselves long enough in the mirror, we'll start to see some flaws popping out and going, you know what? Yeah, I can work on that a little bit. Kind of need a haircut. Probably should have shaved. Oh yeah, probably need to spend a little time in the gym. You know, and then if you just really peer into your eyes and dig deep into your soul, you'll start to find some of these some of these other things start to pop out, some of these intangibles, some of those soft skills, if you will, right? Where you kind of left some on the table today at work, maybe, or you didn't leave it all in the field when you went to the gym and you probably could have done one more, right? And so a lot of the questions that I ask are, when's the last time you dot, 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 all right? When's the last time you read a book cover to cover? When's the last time you got up 15 minutes before your alarm clock and just meditated? When's the last time you sat in a dark room all by yourself with nothing but your thoughts? You know, little things like that. And I think if you go through these checklists, I've, I've hopefully I've scripted them in a way that it's not necessarily meant for you to give an answer. It's just meant for you to start thinking about that personal accountability and really getting down to this is and all it is, man, like you said, it's, it's just peeling that onion back, right? We're just going to peel it off layer by layer and we're going to get down right down to the middle of it and start to figure out how we can re-energize your mind, body, soul balance. And it's all about you. It's your individual journey. Dude, I go to the gym every single day. If you don't go to the gym every day, I don't care. All right? Just get active. Mm-hmm. The, the, the program is going to have 30, 60, and 90-day versions of it. The day one is walk for 45 minutes. Well, my buddy on the phone yesterday, I'm kind of coaching him up a little, and he says, well, what if I can't walk 45 minutes straight? Then walk 10 minutes straight and do it four times. The point is do something that you didn't do yesterday. There right? you go. And after a couple of, after a couple of weeks, guess what? Maybe you can walk 15 minutes. And after a couple more weeks, maybe you can walk 20. And before you know it, man, you're walking 45 minutes like it's like it's no big deal, right? And that's yep. that's the whole thing is it's these little self-improvements, just these little bitty things that we can do every single day that just kind of change our trajectory, man, and make us better people overall. No, that's absolutely right, man. That's that's incredible advice. It it's it's good. Like, you know, we talked about results earlier and and uh not everybody's results are gonna be the same. Right. Not 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 everything we do today is going to make us what we want to be tomorrow, but it gets us one step closer. That's the whole point. It's the journey, man. Success isn't a destination. Happiness isn't a destination. This is my opinion. Right. Happiness isn't a destination. Happiness is a journey. And if I can just improve it just a little bit every single day, I'm getting closer, man. That's exactly right, brother. No, you're you're, like I said, when, when uh when I when I started looking at your stuff and I and I I saw this opportunity to to speak with you, Roscoe, uh, I knew we could have an incredible conversation because we speak the same language. Yeah. A lot of the stuff we talk about it is is the same. We've had different experiences. We've done different different things over the course of our lives, but uh, but the reality is 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 I think we get it right. We we get it, and uh, and we just want to help people. We want to help yeah. other people get yeah, it exactly. Too. And. Well, uh, I- yeah, I, I, but that's the challenge, man, is like you can't help somebody that don't want to be helped. That's you right. know, and, and and I tried, man, I tried for a long, long time to force this onto my wife. Like, come on, go to the gym with me. Let's let's go for a walk. And she was having none of it. Well, now it's her idea. 
right? And mm-hmm. isn't that typical of being married, right? So now it's her idea and it's the best thing in the world. And we go to the gym a couple of times a week together. We're kind of on our own separate programs, but my kids are grown. All right. My, my, my youngest boy is getting ready to graduate and move out of the house this mm-hmm. summer. So we got about okay. five more months and we're empty nesters. Oh, so my wife and I are, well, we're <laughs> starting to date again and it's kind of cool, you know, and we're kind of, we, we had this, that? I don't know. We had this slap in the face the other day where um, we actually started really thinking about what it's going to mean after about the end of June, when the kids are like, the house is going to be empty. It's just us and the dogs now. Yeah. And, and we kind of put it in perspective. I said, well, think about it like this. We've been together for 26 years. All right. And I'm 46 years old. So let's just pretend that I live until I'm 76. That's another mm-hmm. 30 years. We're not even halfway there yet. We're not even halfway. My wife and I aren't even halfway there yet. We haven't even written half of our story yet. So holy crap, man, we've got so much more life to live. And that's one of the big reasons. It, it, I mean, it's just, it motivates the crap out of us to get going now so that we can do these things when we're 60 and 70 years old. No, that's right. And that's important. And and I, I tell you what, I, I got to get on that journey too, because I, I will admit I've, I've let, physically, I've let my body go terribly, but you know, I beat myself up and and then I and then I let myself go and and I have got to get back on that journey. I know that one of the reasons I do know that is because I am older than you, but I've got a three year old daughter. And <laughs> you started, you hit the reset button, man. <laughs> I did, and uh, and I tell you what, I I, I tell my wife every day. I, I'm like, I, I took I took my daughter out in the back. We got a small acreage up here in Minnesota. Took out back. I was sledding with her the other day, and and. Uh, I tell you what, when you're a, a when you're an old fat guy and you're trying to go sledding with a three year old, is uh that is a project in and of itself. Yes, sir. So um, it is. Uh, but you know what? I'd never trade the laughs and and and, and all the things that came along with yeah. it for anything. So it, it's an incredible thing, man. Hey, you know what, Roscoe? The the stories that you've shared today, the value that you've brought to the DTH listeners, the, the things that we've had an opportunity to talk about. I love it, man. It's 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 great. Uh, the one of five project, I think, is going to be incredibly successful. I know you talked about something coming up next week. You know, we're recording this in, in late uh, late January. I, I anticipate this episode will probably come out sometime in late February, uh, based on based on everything else that's going on. So so yeah, I think a lot of that stuff that you were talking about uh, coming up on there is going to be ready by the time this yeah. uh, this this episode airs. But I tell you what, man. It's going to be well worth it. I, I know from the conversation that we've had here today, Roscoe, people can get a lot out of this. So much inspiration, a lot of value. And uh, really, again, just like we do with every episode, we try to bring people here that are out there better in the world. And you are definitely doing some incredible things, brother. Thank you for your service. Yeah, Thank man. you for everything that you've done uh, for <clears throat> our country, for yourself, uh, for your family. And for all the people that are around you, because again, it's contagious and the stuff that you're doing makes the difference. The stuff that uh, the stuff that you're bringing to other people and the guidance you're giving to people, the coaching things that you're doing will make the difference. So keep it up, my friend. This has been an incredible conversation. and, And yeah, I look forward to the next one for sure. Well, dude, thanks for having me a lot. I really enjoyed that. It's, it's always fun to, to have some of these conversations where you don't really know where they're going to go. And then all of a sudden you end up down this rabbit hole and, and we both kind of get fired up and that's, that's always fun, man. And you know what, in the meantime, before the episode comes out or before any of my, my programs hit the street, I'm, 
pretty consistent about putting stuff up on the social medias too. So at Paul Roscoe White on all the socials, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, your listeners can come and find me there. And I try to put up just little short, you know, 90 second reads on there, if not every day, every other day, just, and it's, it's just meant to, you know, like you said, the best thing you can do, man, is just put your shoes on, walk out the door. That's all you got to do. Yeah, man. Very cool, my friend. We'll, uh, we'll do it again. All right, buddy. Appreciate your time. Friends, be sure to check out the full show notes at www.deratethehate.com to find all the ways to connect with Paul White, call sign Roscoe, learn more about the One of Five project, and just get more information about all the incredible things that Paul Roscoe White has going on. Friends, if there's anything in this episode that provided exceptional value to you, please make sure to hit that share button. Share it with your friends, share it far and wide. And of course, if you haven't done so already, be sure to subscribe right from our website so you can get the Derate the Hate podcast sent to your email inbox every week. So this is Wilk wrapping up for the week saying get out there, be kind to one another, be grateful for everything that you've got, and remember it's up to you to make each and every day the day that you want it to be. If there is something that you would like to share with me, you can catch me on most social media platforms or you can email me directly, wilk at wilksworld.com. With that, my friends, I am going to back on out of here and we will catch you next week. Take care.